Park Hopping Podcast number three. Another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan of DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number three, the podcast that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that yes, anyone can have their own podcast. Now, last time, we took a trip out to Florida to experience Journey into Your Imagination, at least the first version of Journey into Your Imagination, before Disney decided to bring back our beloved Purple Dragon figment. Well, this time, we're going to park hop back over to the West Coast, back to the Disneyland Resort. You've just experienced a rope drop. Now, I'd heard about a rope drop for many years, but had never actually been to the park to experience one. You see, a lot of times I would go during peak time, and Disneyland is open already at incredibly early hours, 8 a.m., 7 a.m., staying open till midnight, till 1 a.m., so they don't do rope drops, at least currently, during peak seasons. But during the off-season, when the park might be opening at, say, 10 o'clock, they'll often open up Main Street a half an hour or an hour before the rest of the park opens. You can browse the shops, you can pick up some coffee, grab a pastry. It's a great way to uh, soak up some Disney atmosphere a little bit early. So now, anytime I travel during the off-season, I always try to make sure to show up at the park early, hoping that they'll let us in before the gates open. Now, A rope drop is when they have the rope lined up at the very end of Main Street along the camera shop over to the hot dog Coca-Cola corner place, and they'll play the announcement, drop the rope, and encourage us to walk, not run, to our first destination. It's a lot of fun. It's a great bonding moment with all those other people that either knew about it or just wanted to show up very early. Now, for the first 46 years or so, Disneyland was the only Disney park in California that actually had a rope drop. But in February 2001, Disney's California Adventure opened in the former parking lot, and they too added their own rope drop. Now, I don't have audio of that, but it explains something that I kind of wondered about. You see, they put out a CD, and it contained the typical soundtrack from various attractions, many of which don't exist anymore. Notice a theme with this podcast. And two of the songs were kind of general-purpose California adventure-type songs, but I never heard them in the park. They didn't seem to be tied to any attraction. They didn't seem to be tied to uh, any particular land. Uh, In fact, one of them sounds a little bit like this. And that is how the rope drop begins at Disney's California Adventure. Since they don't have a main street, they uh, have a rope across the Hollywood Pictures backlot area and one over the uh, walkway that actually leads down towards a bug's land and the uh, winery and things like that. This music comes on, they make an announcement, and then they drop those individual ropes. So it was kind of a surprise to show up at DCA early, hoping that maybe there's some kind of rope drop, and finally find what this song was written for. Well, mystery solved. Unfortunately, there's a second song on the CD that I still have not heard playing on any of the sound systems at DCA, so maybe I'll uh, research that later on. Anyway, so we started park hopping at Disneyland and segged smoothly over to Disney's California Adventure, which is where we're going to spend the next portion of this podcast. 
Now, Disney's California Adventure has taken immense amounts of flack, and it doesn't seem to have a lot of fans or followers. But since I started out my Disney fan career in Texas, visiting Disneyland and then mostly Walt Disney World, I saw that Disney's California Adventure had a lot of things to offer compared to the similar type parks that had been been built out in Florida. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, If you talk to most people that have uh, grown up around Disneyland and they go to Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, they're going to prefer a majority of the things at Disneyland. Now, Walt Disney World has a couple of attractions that are arguably superior, you know, much larger and more elaborate Big Thunder Mountain and Splash Mountain, two different coasters inside of Space Mountain, things like that. But when it comes down to the quality of a lot of the attractions, Disneyland generally seems to be the one that comes out ahead. So even if you would have built the Magic Kingdom across the parking lot from Disneyland, when I say the Magic Kingdom, I mean the one from Florida, you'd still find tons of people that would say it just doesn't stack up or compare to Disneyland. And that's fine. Now, I'm not trying to start off by saying that Disney's California Adventure is even in the same class as the Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom in Florida, followed by Disneyland, are the top two most visited amusement parks in the world. So let's just say that nothing will ever come close to matching the uh, original Magic Kingdoms. But Disney's California Adventure felt a lot like parts of Epcot Center. You could buy wine and beer. It felt a little bit like Animal Kingdom in certain spots. It had elements of Disney MGM Studios. It was kind of like a best-of theme park. And yes, it was built on the cheap. There was no Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. But you know, since I'd been spending so many summers going to Walt Disney World, I was already used to that. So we actually liked Disney's California Adventure. We went over there to spend one day and ended up spending several more during our visit in February 2001, 10 days after the park opened publicly to the world. Now, admittedly, it was a different type of experience, and we still spent the vast majority of our time at Disneyland. But there was something nice about dropping by the winery, getting a nice glass of wine or an ice cold beer, dining at the uh, soap opera bistro, even though I wasn't into soap operas at all. A lot of interesting things there that really reminded me of the experiences I had out at Walt Disney World. Now, of course, the carnival-type rides bought off the shelf and cheaply themed were not going to compare to Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. And honestly, just like Walt Disney World in Florida has issues where people consider Disney MGM Studios a half-day park or Animal Kingdom something you go to really early in the day and then spend the evening at another park, yes, it's the same type of thing. So it was nothing new to me as an outsider. But there were still a lot of interesting things at Disney's California Adventure. It was nice seeing so many of the Walt Disney World attractions that I'd heard people say, gosh, I wish we had those in California, finally get built. But that's a story for another time. What I'm going to talk about today is a section of the park that uh, has changed quite a bit. In fact, it will probably be the first section of the park to receive the most extensive facelift. And I'm not talking about Bountiful Valley Farms, which, you know, has gotten some new signage and and a Bugs Life expansion behind it. I'm talking about the Hollywood Pictures backlot. Now, we're immediately getting into some strange things. I mean, Disneyland's in California right down the road from the real Hollywood. Yet there's still something neat about the fake 
Hollywood version of Hollywood. After all, that's why we go to places like Universal Studios. We could go to the real Hollywood, but we want to go to the place that was the fake place where the movies were made. Well, anyway, Hollywood Pictures' back lot opened, and it featured um, the Muppet Vision 3D uh, attraction, the movie, that was actually an upgraded version of the one in uh, Disney MGM Studios in Florida. You know, some better animatronics and some better special effects. So that was good, slightly better there. It also featured a very nice eating area with tons of hidden Mickeys in it. It's since been closed. And it had a very interesting stage show, very short-lived, and I can't even, gosh, I can't even remember the name of it, Lights, Camera, Chaos, something like that. Well, that show's song was featured on the soundtrack album and some other things, including Superstar Limo, the only dark ride at Disney's California Adventure. Now, Superstar Limo was a pretty interesting ride. Um, The ride vehicles actually had a little uh, TV screen inside them, and as you rode... Uh, a character would come up on the screen and kind of narrate your ride. The The idea was you were late for the big premiere of your movie, and you had to make it there by taking this wild ride through Hollywood. Unfortunately, apparently, the guests didn't think it was that much of a wild ride. Well, you know, it was actually a pretty darn good dark ride. It featured a lot more than just plain, flat, two-dimensional sets. There were a lot of special effects. There was a tribute to the Haunted Mansion inside. There were the uh, sub-animated figures of various stars like Regis Philbin from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. A lot of things like that. But certainly it wasn't a classic like, um, you know, like a Peter Pan ride or something like that. Again, it was probably more the material than the actual presentation. So Superstar Limo didn't really last very long. It it stayed open the first couple of years, and then it was closed, and it's remained closed, and it's currently walled up, and it's being turned into a Munsters Incorporated-themed ride, which will probably do far better just because it's got characters people can recognize, and it's not as difficult to explain what the ride was all about. Now, it's really hard to explain some of the visuals. It was, it was kind of like going through a cartoon surreal airport of LAX and then taking a ride where everything was um, caricatures and a lot of in-jokes, a lot of Hollywood um, references that, you know, folks like me from, you know, Texas or Iowa, where I am now, you know, would probably never understand. But I had friends that were from California that actually could explain to me a whole lot of the in-jokes and what they meant. It's something that's actually very helpful walking through the Hollywood Pictures back lot in general. There's so many sight gags on the uh, the windows and doors and signs. Uh, but again, that's a story for another time. So back to Superstar Limo. Now, the outside of the building was a big, uh, flat, painted... Uh, representation of, you know, kind of like a Hollywood landscape, and it had some cute little details. If you looked along the very, very edge, kind of wrapping around the bottom of it, it was actually the edge of a swimming pool, and you could see, like, the uh, depth markers and even some of the rails of the ladder that would, you know, you'd climb down into the swimming pool on. A lot of things like that were out there, and I'm not sure if most people even noticed them. The queue itself was kind of cartoonish and boring. It was like a uh, version of LAX from Toontown. You know, you went by the luggage carousel, and there was these uh, TV monitors where these puppet versions, I think one was Joan Rivers, would break in with little entertainment news stories now and then. And uh, honestly, I can't remember too much about it because I only got to ride this thing a couple of times. And uh, then I made another trip out, and it was closed, and it stayed closed since. But to explain what it might have looked like in case you never saw it, uh, imagine Toontown, which is the cartoon universe. Well, this ride was more like if we took our universe and built it in the style of Toontown. Very, very strange. Now, the ride vehicles themselves look like little limousines, and they had that little TV monitor in it that would light up and narrate it. And you'd take the wild journey 
on a very slow-moving vehicle past so many sight gags and visuals that I really wish I would have gotten to write it a number of times more just to kind of take it all in. Anyway, the audio that you're about to hear came from my second visit out to Disney's California Adventure. Now, I was there when it opened in February 2001, then came back again in December. So this ride-through comes from December 15th, 2001, and starts right from the vehicle leaving the loading area, through the ride, and back to unload. I was kind of hiding the camera when I was first taking it out, because Disney used to be very, very picky about videotaping on rides, and I, I really didn't know what they were going to do if I tried to get on the, the ride with a camera, so I, I don't have quite as much footage or audio as I would have liked to have had. And uh, unfortunately, the trips that I made after that, the ride was closed, and if it reopened at any point, I wasn't able to get back there during that. So here we go, Superstar Limo, December 15th, 2001. Today, aren't you Hollywood's newest superstar? Please be sure to keep your arms, legs, and egos inside the limo at all times. Collect call for you. It's your new agent. Swifty here, babe. Welcome to Hollywood. Looking sensational as always. Listen, I'll have your contract for you at the premiere, okay? Just get to the Chinese theater proper, you hear me? Everybody's waiting, capiche? Now don't be late, babe. Don't worry, we'll get you there in time. Our first stop is glamorous Rodeo Drive. There's Regis Philbin. <laughs> That's my final answer. If it isn't vivacious Melanie Griffith and dashing Antonio Banderas. And there's Hollywood beauty Cindy Crawford. The world famous Sunset Strip. Besides everyone, it's funny man Tim Allen.
Hollywood's newest sensation. And you know what that means, don't you, baby? You've arrived. As they say in this town, looks like you are big bubble. And don't let it go to your head. Now there's a familiar face, smiling down from that billboard. Congratulations, kid. They love your movie. Why you are a superstar. It's big time. Bafo, I see your name in light. I love you. Ladies and gentlemen, Hollywood's newest sensation. Don't you look good on camera? Now that's what I call a superstar. Let me grab some popcorn because I know I'll be seeing a lot of you in the movies. So there you have it, Superstar Limo as it appeared back in 2001. Kind of wonder how the uh, Munsters Incorporated ride's going to turn out. I, I guess we'll have to go out there again in early 2006 when it opens and see if it's much of an improvement. Well, if you can't picture all the strange things that were going on in that ride, you can certainly see them. The complete video of the ride-through that that audio is from is available at DisneyFans.com. Uh, follow the links to the video section, and you can check that out. I... Uh, really wish that I would have ran more video because there's a number of things that opened at Disney's California Adventure that quickly went away. The Steps in Time show uh, changed once before the park opened, then it got kind of a slightly different version of the show, maybe even a third version before it finally closed. There was the amazing Eureka Parade. There was also that Strange Lights Camera Chaos show, which was interesting, but you know, maybe if they actually had built seating so people could sit down and watch it rather than just standing around, it might have lasted. Who knows? Um, the point is, things change, so the next time you make it to the parks, take some extra pictures, shoot some extra video, because you never know when something you like or hate might not be there on your next visit. On that note, I'd like to close with a couple of uh, podcast kind of issues. I do apologize. I've had to repost the original three episodes because I switched to a different program to get this stuff uploaded, and it changed the formats and the, uh, the uh, index file that it used, and it's going to be a learning curve. I consider this definitely a beta podcast as I learn how the software works, learn the best way to encode things, and I, I expect that it'll probably happen again a few times before everything's stabilized. And maybe you'll stay around, maybe you'll not. There's certainly plenty of things out there to listen to. Um, I'm just amazed at how many podcasts have popped up, and I'm also amazed at how many people like me sitting around on their living room playing with some uh, recording software and a microphone like to say we as if we've got an organization behind us. Well, we're really glad that you're here. We're really glad that you're enjoying this content, and we really hope that you'll stick around and listen for more. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time. Be sure to visit DisneyFans.com for over 25,000 digital pictures taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other uh, theme parks across America, as well as uh, tons of downloadable videos and other things I'm working on. And uh, keep subscribed. As soon as I figure out what I'm going to be doing with this and when I'm going to be doing that, I'm sure to let you know. In the meantime, I guess it'll just pop up as a nice little surprise on iTunes or whatever program you use from time to time. Until then, see you at the park. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number three, Superstar Limo. Thanks for listening. Another crappy podcast production. Bill's all right from the Music from Disney's California Adventure 2001 soundtrack CD. Used without permission. Please don't sue me. 
sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting <sighs> podcasts. You know, I'm really serious about that other song that was on this CD. I mean, it sounds like some kind of Bengals, Beach Girls kind of song, and it's actually really catchy, but I have no freaking clue where it's actually used in the park. I mean, have you heard it? Maybe it's an alternate uh, rope drop kind of thing or something. I don't know. Maybe they play it after this song, and I just don't pay attention.